We are Wrestling Elitist. I am your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside No Reservations Needed, Sean Nash, and the Ayatollah of Podcastola, Chris Scott Moore. What's going on, boys? I I will not take that nickname. That is not on me, if I believe I know what you're talking about. It is on you. I think it is on you. I guess maybe because I, I trusted the, the lessers, but I should have taken control of that. Hello, everyone. Hello, guys. <laughs> We've missed you all. We're we're a day late in uh, recording this. And just for those listening at home, um, <laughs> that is in reference to a surprise party we attended with Sean on Sunday where there was like 30 plus people and the waitress went out of her way to complain to us that there was never a reservation set. <laughs> As we were walking out of the bar, she was like still trying to tell us about how bad her day was. Mostly because uh, of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. In the midst of my order, I was like, you know, I have this and this and this, and then she starts going on, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so." Uh, can I have no coleslaw on that too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor lady, I'm sorry. Poor things. Uh, well, we welcome you all back to another week of the Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Check out our website WrestlingElitist.com for our latest match reviews and articles. Uh, Chris just finished an article of Mankind versus Shawn Michaels from In Your House Mind Games 1996, as well as a review of WWE Primetime Wrestling from 1987. That'll both be going up, I believe, tonight. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah, uh, the Mick and uh, Michaels match will be in the five-star section tonight. And then the uh, look back at uh, 87 Primetime will be sometime tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, Sean, why don't you tell the people uh, how the show will go? We are going to give you guys our news, match, moment, and cringes of the week, and then what we're looking forward to, along with all the the extra goodies in the, the wrestling world. All right, awesome. Well, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Let's go news of the week. Chris, what did you have as your top item? Yeah, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about it later on in the show, just because it, it is one of the bigger news stories of the year, but there's still more fallout from the investigation of CM Punk in the elite. Uh, the elite looked like they're on their way back in AEW now. Um, and Cody just tweeted that he had no animus with the elite. He didn't leave because of that. And he didn't have a problem with CM Punk. So just a decent job of Cody of just kind of just getting, I'm not getting involved in this shit. <laughs> just like yeah. his hands clear of it, a smart move. Um, I'm sure there's probably, he probably had some, you know, non-disclosure agreement as well upon exiting the company of like not saying anything and not disparaging Tony or the elite himself, but it was smart for him just to go. I want out of this shit. Don't ask me about it. I'm not interested. Uh, and he just doesn't need that toxicity. And uh, Hey, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Smart to get I, ahead of it. Yeah. And I feel like it's funny that by not saying anything about punk or negative about the bucks in that situation, it kind of says something negative about punk. Like punk was at the top of his, he's at the top of the world with the things he achieved at the end of all out and still couldn't just not say something. Cody's had every reason to at least say something anti AEW or, you know, just even, even if it's just to stoke the flames and, you know, keep things going and keep his name out there for heat purposes. And he's always the consummate professional. Like that's one thing that I'll always give him. He was a great representative of AEW. There's a reason that he was hosting shitty shows like the go, go home show or whatever the fuck it was, uh, as well as his, Roads to the top show. And I think there was rumors that Brandy was going to get that show a shot of Brandy on TBS as well before they left. So there's a reason that those two are chosen to represent 
or were chosen to represent AEW so much. And uh, he continues to do it. I think, you know, I think a lot of sports talk or whatever, you always hear people like, oh, they're such a class act. Cause like, and it doesn't even feel like anybody actually does anything. It's just, they don't talk shit about somebody, but I think Cody's always gone out of his way to prove that he actually does have class and just have respect for uh, everybody that's involved, whether mm-hmm. he's still there or not. Sean, he's got a good you? way of, he's got a good way of handling himself in public and online. It's yeah. great to do despite the tattoo. Um, Despite the tattoo, yes. Oh, that's totally. right. I forgot about that fucking <laughs> tattoo. Oh, I take away all the goodwill I had about Cody. You are the cringe. Uh, Back to the cringe. Wrestler, wrestler, the cringe wrestler of the year in 2021 to me again. <laughs> no, good for him, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, little little somber news. Um, actually, ma- major somber news. Uh, Carmella announced on her Instagram that she had a miscarriage in early September and uh, went through the procedures of removal of an ectopic pregnancy. Today, sad to hear, um, ectopic pregnancies when the fertilization occurs outside the uterus and in the fallopian tube. I'm learning a lot today, but uh, it's just very sad, um, especially as we get older and we start to have close friends, family who are starting to become pregnant, having their own children. Hell, even the wrestling elitists are about to have our first kid. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, it hurts a lot more or it, it kind of hits you a lot more than it mm-hmm. used to when you're a little younger and you weren't uh, so close to these things. And uh, thoughts and prayers with them. Hopefully things get um, better in the future and uh, nothing but the best for them. Yeah. And it's uh, when you put this in the show notes, it's not that I was mad at you, but I was like, oh God, I don't no. want to. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, I just want to. But what she said, though, in her post, Leah, that her real name was like, we just don't talk about it. And so, um, no, it's important to talk about it. And because you don't talk about it because it's such a horrific conception to think of. And as a male and as a guy going through becoming a father, you don't really understand miscarriages until the threat of it's there until the first time you're going to go to that doctor and just see if there's a heartbeat or not. And if you're going to be pregnant or not, it weighs on your consciousness. I think for my whole life, I was always like, yeah, I get that it's traumatic and it's sad and shit, but it's almost like a period. It's a cycle or just something your body does and you just don't see the weight of it. Yeah, Um, totally. Not to get too personal oversharing, but I'll tell the one story and granted we're not even in the same ballpark. But just uh, my wife had a lot of uh, spotting one day and we thought we lost him. And so we went to the emergency room and it was the most heartbreaking car ride of my life in complete silence besides my wife's uncontrollable Mm -hmm. sobbing and tears and crying and everything was okay. So I don't know what that feels like of how scary and sad that would be when we didn't get there. But I can appreciate and understand now that we have his room set up how scary that would be to um, have to turn away those gifts or have to explain that to people. We have his baby shower on Sunday and um, it's funny that it's not funny. It's sad, but this was brought um, like fucking real life. So on Friday I ordered this. Uh, Oh, hell yeah. Little macho man. Yeah, it's a little macho man onesie for those who aren't watching this on video. And I feel for them because they're not going to get a chance to do that for a while. You know, and it is it is something that's very sad and we're very gracious and we're very appreciative of it. And it's a privilege and we don't lose sight of it. 
And uh, it's sad. It's just unspeakably sad. And my uh, thoughts do go out to Leah and Corey because that is fucking awful. Yeah, I think you both summed up just as, as good as I can, like my thoughts there. It's something that you don't really fully understand. I don't think we'll ever fully grasp it, right? But like, right. Um, you don't, you especially don't when you're younger. Um, and then as you start to see your friends having kids and have, you know, hearing your fears as you talked about um, when that originally happened, um, you kind of start to get that pit in your stomach. Um, and I think that it's also kind of important to see like, it's something that people with money, they, you know what I mean? Like Corey and, and Carmela are successful yep. and they still have that problem, right? Like Can affect anyone. it's a relatable mm-hmm. thing, no matter where you come from and, and what walk of life you're from, um, kind of switching gears, just kind of to something a little bit lighter. Um, my news of the week was simply the announcement of Shinsuke Nakamura facing great Muda, uh, on New Year's this year. It's going to be fun uh, for pro wrestling. Noah Muda is on his, uh, goodbye tour. I think his final match is sometime in February, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so getting to see that uh, WWE lent out Shinsuke for that, maybe that means there's going to be some sort of a partnership between Noah and WWE. Um, you know, I'm excited for that. Right now, I'm not super in tune with what's going on in New Japan. So like my excitement when it comes to kind of that time of the year wrestling has shifted to pro wrestling Noah because I want to see, see Muda and Shinsuke and hopefully we get to see old style Shinsuke come out at least for one one night. My worry is that he's been, it's going to be like when we saw Timothy Thatcher and he was barely throwing anything because he got so used to that WWE style. Yeah. Oh, once, when you said that, that little screen grab, that's, that was an awesome little, little visual. I can't wait to see that. And yes, that strong style Shinsuke would be wonderful. It does say a lot about the industry too, though, that Triple H is letting Shinsuke do this. I think right. that's a good sign that there's cooperation and for the boys and the girls in the industry, like whoever's a legend when they're going on their last run, hopefully they get to do this no matter what company you're in. Um, mm-hmm. AEW guys maybe might eventually get a chance to wrestle WWE guys. John Cena could wrestle someone in AEW if he wanted to wrestle, I don't know, fucking Danielson again or something, whatever. I think that's a cool precedent to happen. And I hopefully that does get to happen for a lot of the top guys as they go out. I really like this. I don't expect it to be a great match, but I think it's just a very fun, fucking cool thing to do. Yeah. And, totally. and, you know, we just saw a few weeks ago, um, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but, you know, Tony Khan was willing to lend out uh, daddy ass for the DX reunion. Oh, yeah. Um, and he didn't ask for any money. All he wanted was AEW to be mentioned on TV. I think as we hopefully as we move down the line, maybe both, you know, both companies, I think WWE is getting bought out still in the, in the somewhat near future, probably. But once AEW gets their new TV deal, maybe once, you know, Disney buys WWE. Maybe we can actually see that where they can do a little bit of a talent share in that situation. Let people go out. One of my favorite all time NXT matches is when Jushin Thunder Liger came to uh, face. Yeah, that was cool. Tyler Breeze. That was such a crazy, crazy moment. So hopefully more of that. Um, but props to Triple H for at least letting that happen. Wait, crazier than meeting Jushin Liger in a men's bathroom at a hotel? Hmm. No, that's only one of us in okay. full in his full outfit. Full yeah. regalia. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, well, moving on uh, to our match of the week, we uh, it was there was only one match to make match of the week apparently because all three of us had the same one. Chris, why don't you just talk talk about it first? Yeah, swerving our glory, going over FTR. Uh, 
started off a little bit sloppier, I guess. I don't know, whatever. But um, they built this fantastic, uh, and it was a great finish. A false, a lot of false finishes, big rig. Uh, and then at the end, Keith Lee didn't realize that Swerve hit the low blow and did the bastard. Yeah, the FU into a slam kind of a maneuver that he does. Um, very, very good match. I loved uh, everything about this. These two are great teams. It, it definitely paid off. Um, and it was a great styles clash in a perfect way. Yeah, there were so many moments where it didn't even have to be a, a, a false two count or anything. It was There were so many moments where the dynamics just swung back and forth. Either team could have won. Loved the um, multiple attempts by Dax to hit the uh, slingshot power bomb. That was just perfect uh, throughout it all. In love, the continued dissension between Swerve and Keith Lee, even though Keith Lee doesn't quite know it yet. Yep, and uh, I, I loved even just the big rig. They kept trying to hit it, and the announcers kept talking about how like you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. And then they finally did. Mm-hmm. So it makes you think that had to finish it right, and mm-hmm. it doesn't. Uh, and then also, I think. Um, they did a good job. And Chris, you talked about this in your wrap up article on when, uh, from Wednesday's show. They finally just addressed that FTR was the number one contender, had them lose that match. And now, now that makes sense that they're not getting the title shot finally after six months. So I'm glad that we're getting a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of some time. I'm glad that Closure we're at least there. getting something there. Right. So um, now they can go on to face the gun club, do whatever they have to do. Um, and, and maybe come back towards the end of the year. Cause I, I was worried about FTR winning that match because I didn't want to see FTR versus the acclaimed quite yet. Yeah. Right. That was the kind of the sticking point and all that. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to our moment of the week, I think there was a, there's actually a handful of things I think that we all could have chosen from here. We all had a different one. Sean, I think had a little bit of bias in his, but we'll start with Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did. Um, <laughs> so MJF as a baby face, um, he's kind of playing. I put in the article on wrestlingus.com that he's acting almost like The Rock in 1998, where he's still this asshole, cocky, arrogant heel who's mean to everyone, but yeah. you just love him because he's so good at what he does. Um, and he, him and Renee had a great segment uh, at the top of the ramp and they're just a fun back and forth and MJF telling her to shut up was great. And then uh, at the end of the show, the firm turned on MJF or did they? Um, And so maybe that's what they're going to do as him being the devil. Um, I like the storyline. I think it's the right thing to do. If the crowd is so into MJF, they need someone to be the top baby face. Punk is probably gone for good. Someone's got to take that spot. Why not roll the dice and make it MJF? Yeah, I think uh, MJF as a baby face, like he seems like somebody who can actually be an outreaching star right now. Somebody that can expand beyond AEW. I think, you know, it's a bummer because he's such a fun heel to watch, but maybe that's what's going to make him a great baby face. Like you said, he does have that that kind of feeling of the rock. And I think that right now if you look at just wrestling in general, it's kind of missing like a major baby face right now that people are behind even beyond um, beyond pro wrestling fans, right? Like there's, you know, Roman Reigns is a major heel right now, so he's not carrying that uh, stick or anything like that. So I think it's worth a shot. If, if fans want to cheer him, don't resist that in the same way that if fans want to boo somebody, you have to turn them heel. Uh, generally speaking, lean into it, make some money off of it. And, you know, if, if there's anybody that can pull it off, it's MJF and Tony Khan, because MJF knows his character. And I think Tony Khan knows how to read the audience for the most part. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those fans were definitely calling his name. That was a sight to be seen. My uh, my one complaint, though, is they com- they clearly stole like an entire line from uh, Talladega Nights with uh, you can't just say with all due respect and then say whatever you'd like. That's like an exact <laughs> like the exact way that, that that both of them said their line is an exact. It's exactly from Talladega Nights and it pissed me off a little bit, but it was still a good exchange. All right. Speaking of getting pissed off, though, would you find this whole storyline shitty if at the end of this, like the firm really was on his side and they beat him up just to throw, you know, mocks off? Um, It wouldn't piss me off just because it's been done so many times in wrestling that I've, I'm, I could see it coming, but I would be disappointed. Yeah. It would for me because we and we talked about it a week or two yeah. ago. We just saw this happen with, uh, you know, Christian and Luchasaurus, uh, mm-hmm. where Luchasaurus turned for a few weeks and didn't turn and then turned again. Um, there's some other recent examples that I'm just blanking on right now where it's just happening too much. Like, Tony, you need to commit to, to like, you need to commit to it at some point. You can't just keep doing that. I need to not see one of these double swerve turns for yeah. a considerable amount of time. I'm I'm over them. And it, and I just it hope feels it like happen. And it it almost feels like this one's so obvious that that'd be the case that it won't be. Right. Yeah, I just don't get the logic too of like I'm going to get beat up by these guys to throw you off my scent and like to make it seem like I, I like I don't know. I don't like that beat of it. I love the beat of like Regal getting into his head and um trying to make him be all he can be because Regal believes that uh, Moxley can beat Max on his own and Max isn't capable of beating Moxley. That's a good way to fuck with Mo- uh, Max's head. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I also thought like maybe the pinnacle reforms, like that's, I yeah. thought was, I actually thought going into that, the number one contenders match, I was like, fuck maybe FTR wins this. And then they beat um, the acclaimed in a dickish fashion. And then, the band gets back together. I thought maybe that Ooh. would be like the whole, cause especially with Max saying the line of like, you know, the usual suspect line about the devil, you know, forgetting the devil or the greatest yeah. game, the con, the devil, yeah, whatever that line. Um, so maybe that would be it, but is that pinnacle know. minus Wardlow or with Wardlow with Wardlow? Cause that doesn't make sense. All, all championships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense with all the guys to have the belts though. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. I, I will say I saw some theories that maybe because he specifically called out, I will not use the dynamite uh, ring to, you know, at, in that match that Regal might turn with MJF and then he'll use Regal's brass knuckles, which I don't understand how that would happen or why. Oh, yeah. But we'll see because it's just funny that he like specifically called that out. It's like one of, you know, what's the the is it Chekhov's gun right you don't introduce something yeah. without mm-hmm. unless it's going to mean something so it'll be interesting uh Sean what was your moment of the week my moment uh to the list of the most beautiful powerful moments broadcasted on TV the Berlin Wall tumbling down the 1989 Pistons coming back and sweeping the Lakers in the finals <laughs> John Cena reporting that the USA caught and compromised Osama bin Laden <laughs> to a permanent end. Matt Taven ate four powerbomb symphonies from Wardlow. Shout out to the Wardlow. Uh, Love you. Love Matt you, Taven. dog. Wrestler of the week for that. That was chef's kiss. I am, Love I am naming Love this it. episode uh, not a Matt Taven podcast. <laughs> Very much not. 
Um, I, I appreciate your kind words for that birthday um, cameo, but it was all on a false pretense. You got suckered, punk. Um, a Melvin of whatever you call people. Eh, good to see you eat shit. I'm happy. I'm happy for you, Sean. Uh, felt good to say (laughs) felt good to get out there. I'm happy for a group of people within AEW right now. Uh, my moment of the week was the promo that came out, uh, right after, uh, the Blackpool combat club were in a fight. And I, I don't know if you guys felt like, first of all, before I even jump into my moment of the week, did you guys feel like that was a little bit of a shot at punk because they're like, we're having issues. We're going to settle this behind closed doors instead of out in front of everybody. That kind of seemed like a little bit of a shot at punk. And then they immediately cut to a promo, which was uh, the elite um, and them kind of vanishing in different segments of their time in AEW and kind of showing that they are going to be coming back. I, I loved it. I'm, I'm happy to see that they're going to acknowledge that they kind of went away and there was something that happened and nobody talked about it. My biggest worry was that they were just going to come back and be like, hey, sorry, we've been in Ratcho and Cucamonga just enjoying the sun or something like that. So excited to see them come back and excited to see what they do with them. I'm sure Punk thinks that it was about him. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> he thinks, I mean, he, he, I'm sure he thinks birthday that was of all days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Wheeler, no and shit. And they wished Wheeler Yuta happy birthday, right? Right. As they did it, too. Oh, wow. Uh, he might be right. You know what, though? Then. That's sad, though, because that he really does probably think that or it, 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 it he's he's allowed it to happen where you think that's a genuine possibility. And that shouldn't be yeah. his legacy, but that's what he chose. It's fucking yeah. sad. Uh, Too good. Well, let's uh, speaking of sad, let's move on to our cringe of the week. Chris, what made you hate wrestling this week? All right. So my cringe of the week was our good friend, Booker T, who I've uh, christened before the dumbest motherfucker in wrestling based on his stellar track record of Skip Bayless, like dumb hot takes. Uh, he mentioned that AEW fans don't care about the welfare and health of their wrestlers. Um, and with the recent incident with Hangman Adam Page, obviously that's completely false and inaccurate. Uh, the overwhelming response was gl- gratefulness that the match had stopped that hangman was safe that he was healthy and no one was pissed that they got cheated out of a dream match or anything like that so it was just another off-base dumbass comment by booker t that's coming out of some weird tribalism to stanford now not to defend booker t but i could project and suggest that in his career he probably saw a lot of moments where he felt like fans didn't give a shit about wrestlers. And I don't think mm-hmm. that's not entirely untrue. I mean, Mick Foley in totally. his book talked about um, ECW fans being selfish and wanting bloodlust and not caring for the sacrifices and the impact and hurt bodies go through. And that's downright true. I mean, we don't appreciate totally. how much it hurts to take a fucking bump or even run the ropes. It's got to be very, very painful. And you become a little bit spoiled and selfish as a viewer, even though you know how hard it is, but this was the wrong case to make that argument. So even though I kind of can appreciate in a weird kind of way, maybe where he was trying to come from, it's still coming from a very cloudy mind. It's it's the generalization of like a whole subset of a group of fans too. Like AEW Mm -hmm. fans don't care. I think that's, what's annoying about it. Very much. And if that's and the most recent event, like how can you how can you justify in saying that when people have been nothing but an outcry for his safety? 
Yeah, I think the response to that has been has shown that we care. And then also the response to the Matt Hardy and, and Sammy Guevara, people were pissed in the moment. Like yeah. that's and it wasn't even retroactive, like when people later on realized maybe like people live like in like the live Reddit threads, live on Twitter, were pissed that the match was continuing because it was totally. clear for everybody at home the second it happened that he was not okay and they kept the match going. So yeah, it's just, it's annoying in the sense that it feels like it's Booker just going along with the whole idea that, you know, wrestling fans love to pick a side and he knows that that'll get clicks. Um, Sean, what was your cringe of the week? Uh, mine short, simple Jay lethal backstage promo with the Darby Allen hype hype up for the match he's all goody goody with his friend sanjay dutt and sat him sing again which really just makes no sense the story kind of seemed like there was a little dissension in the ranks after their last match with darby where he sent him to the back and they came out and fucked with his win so i just don't see why there's back he's back now there's not even a single mention of it it just seems like bad storytelling and kind of just annoyed me and stuck with me till today when i was trying to look for a cringe yeah tony khan seems to have commitment issues he (laughs) one week he's doing this the next week he's doing something else and it's just he just doesn't even bridge the gap and then if you complain about it a lot of times you'll claim that there is a story behind it but you have to be watching their 45 youtube shows uh, (laughs) know what's going on so i i would like to see a little bit more hey if this is on tv then we solve the problem on tv rather than like on AEW Dark Elevation. Right. Yeah. Give it the um, time. My cringe of the week is me. It is the fact that oh, a couple yeah. of weeks mm-hmm. ago, I, I came on here. I claimed that, well, I didn't claim that. I actually did. I set a series recording on my YouTube TV for Friday Night Smackdowns because I was a Bray Wyatt guy. I loved the debut uh, at Extreme Rules. And then even the follow-up promo all made me happy and look where we are now uncle Mm -hmm. howdy the guy the guy cannot stop introducing stupid characters to (laughs) his world it's just it's incredible um he honestly should just write kids shows at this point uh ironically enough with his former character but just his ability to introduce a, a pointless character to something that could have been good if he didn't do it if he would have just kind of followed down the path of there's this green goblin type character that, you know, he corrupts you. You want to be a good guy, but you can't. And you're still this cult leader. Something like that would have been great. But now, like just the name Uncle Howdy is fucking goofy. And I'm out on I'm out on Bray Wyatt right now. <laughs> all in on Sammy Zayn and the bloodline. I don't I, announce Sammy. I have to admit, I, I kind of reciprocated those those thoughts with you and uh definitely wrong um i don't know about you guys but half the time with his new characters now i can hardly even understand what they're saying or what's going on there's too much chatter it's worse than mumble rap at the moment but i'm just totally lost and i I can hardly hold half my attention but that that and it's like it's it has more cuts than a fucking kevin dunn camp like uh kevin dunn directed match like there should be like a minor like constant yeah it is just hey man just have a straight Mm -hmm. video 
two weeks ago when they did his he did a segment backstage and it's just him backstage. There's no he's not in the boiler room. There's no spooky lighting. He's just backstage like how the Miz would be or Bailey would be. And they played non-diegetic sound and they had a keyboard just kind of playing underneath his promo. And I was like, up, he's fucked. (laughs) It's done. It's totally done. That seems like a false alarm or just a jump to the finish line conclusion. But boy, was I right with Uncle Howdy. Now, Captain Howdy was the name of the character in The Exorcist. So maybe that's what they're referencing. But like, that's a deep cut for people when your audience is like still kind of like under nine they're not going to catch you, a fucking exorcist reference or like and it's just an uncle howdy's stupid and it's face looking like barry windham is gonna go over people's heads like uh i don't know well it's just every time he's tried like when he tried to introduce like a real life sister abigail no bueno uh yeah everything whenever he tries to introduce these like characters it just doesn't doesn't really work when you originally sent that uh, the video and you were like shitting on it before I read it. I was like, I'm going to prove Chris wrong with why this is great. I clicked on I it know. and watched it. I don't even think I fucking responded because I was so upset. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, pretty rough. Okay. So let's flip that though. What could have made this better? Like if you could have like, cause those vignettes, the feed your head shit, that was all cool. That was yeah. unique, organic yeah. and very exciting. That was all good. Everyone was all into this, but he then when it came out, now. it was ugh. So what could have been done better? I think really it comes down to like, I wanted this to just be like this, like a split personality that he's talking to, or like, I don't want it to be another person. Cause I'm pretty sure it's Bo Dallas. That's uncle Howdy. Cause he did resign. Oh no. I don't want it to be somebody else. I want there to be something correct. I want Bray to want to be good now and want to be like a positive cult leader. But he, but he has this other side of him that can't, and he just has like it's like so it makes him like a tweener because he acts like a face. He, you know, he inspires his fans or you know his his followers, but at the end of the day, like he's got this dark side that has him doing things that he shouldn't be doing, or you know, kind of corrupting him. That's what I wanted, but now I'm worried that like the whole having remember how like in his debut at Extreme Rules even he had real versions of the characters from the Firefly Funhouse, But my guess was I was believing that that, that they weren't actually going to be like characters. I thought it was kind of like just a little bit of symbolism type of a thing for his return. Right. right. But now I'm a little worried that they're going to actually show their faces and, and be characters in his world. I don't need him to create a whole nother world. Just kind of cut it back a little bit and have this, you know, Jekyll and Hyde type of a character. Does he still do like QR codes? Is that gone now? No, I think that was mostly just a hint to people that he was coming. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's just weird that all of a sudden now they're just he like fired, gone. He fired his application developer. So Yeah, like he had yeah, he had a yeah, he had a fucking intern go around and like put those, you know, on the microphone and all over the place. Just, and now that guy's just gone. I don't know, man. Maybe if you've if you've wrestled, would that have helped? But I mean, in storyline, though, who's going to be like, I want to wrestle him. Like, who's going to say right. that? Or like at this yeah. point, he would have just had a, a bone to pick with someone who's who's been and, there before. Like, there's no one. He's just talking to the vignette of him in the back. And also, yeah. like, there is a part of me right now that really feels like they should have just come. Him and Dexter Loomis should be tied to each other somehow. And maybe they will be eventually down the line. But 
with Dexter Loomis constantly kidnapping the Miz and, you know, his just general creepiness, like, I feel like there has to be something there with him and Bray. That could um, work. Like, he should be, he should be Bray's only follower, to be honest. I, I, I don't know exactly what the fix is at this point, but I know it's not Uncle Howdy. You wonder um, if, like, if anyone in WWE goes, okay, and then what next? So how does this lead to a match? Because it just seems like they do such a great job of packaging and entrances. And mm-hmm. then when it gets like afterwards, like, oh, fuck, I don't know. And it's like, well, well what do you yeah. mean you don't know? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, what the yeah. Fuck? I mean, I, I just mentioned Dexter Loomis. I don't know if you saw what he did, what they did this week. But, um, you know, he so he's been kidnapping the Miz like literally for two months now and just stalking him every match. And yeah. they were supposed to have a match. And then the Miz. um you know, he pretended to be injured and then attacked Loomis before the match so that they couldn't actually have it. But then it turned out that um, the Miz had act- like so Johnny Gargano on this last week did like an expose. It felt like we were watching Dateline and he does like an expose where actually Miz had hired Loomis to do the stalking and everything because he wanted to show that he's a uh, because uh, he thinks he's an act. He's a true celebrity and he has obsessed fans and things like that. And the way that they did it was actually solid. I, you're giving a look right really? now for those on, for those not on video. Chris is giving a look of this is awful. They actually did yeah. it in a pretty fun and interesting way. Okay. Uh, way better than I'm explaining it. But it definitely doesn't feel like that was the end goal when they started this. It feels like something that they backed into where they're like, well, what the fuck do we do with this? He's been kidnapping mm-hmm. him for two months now. And he went to jail for like a day in kayfabe and then got out and then continued kidnapping. <laughs> Like just file a restraining order or file Boom. something with HR. You know what I mean? There you go. Once again, I just like the idea of like the cops going like, okay, you know, there's some paperwork you can sign to get a protection order or you could wrestle them inside the confines of a steel cage, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Like, I just love like the fucking. <laughs> you can settle this like men. Oh, yeah. that's great. Uh, but... <laughs> All right, moving on to our anticipation. Uh, Chris, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to this Moxley versus Lee Moriarty uh, match. I put in the article on WrestlingElitist.com that they kind of seem to be doing like an inverse. So typically with MJF programs, you have to fight all of his flukies before you fight him. And that's kind of how his storylines have typically flown so far. Um, But with the firm on the outs with him, it's like he's having the firm guys wrestle Moxley to either, you know, injure uh, Moxley covertly because they're all in cahoots or because they want him injured. So uh, MJF doesn't get the opportunity to have him at his best. So at least it's a fresh coat of paint on an old kind of arc and storyline that they've done. And I think Lee's a great wrestler too, and someone that they want to feature and make into a bigger star. So hopefully Mox can give him a rub and Uh, Hopefully something good comes of this little angle. I think it'll be a good match. And I'd rather watch these two wrestle than him and fucking uh, Greg Allman. uh, (laughs) Morrissey. It's the only time I'll steal Jim Cornette (laughs) shit, but that's actually kind of a good line. Like, I I don't like to rip him off, but Jesus Christ, like he looks just like I'm no angel era Greg Allman. (laughs) I will have to look that up after. Watch Uh, that video. First of all, that video is fucking awesome. And that song is awesome. Awesome, bad, but awesome. And yikes, he looks just like him. That's fucking hilarious. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I, I think that Mox has done a great job. He's 
they've thrown him in these places. And since he's been in AEW, he's been thrown into these spots where he's with somebody who, you know, like a, a Wheeler Yuta or, you know, somebody who's not really a, a big name that anybody knows. And they always, they always get beat, but they always come out looking good. Um, I think we got to see him versus uh, Anthony Bowens. Bowens had a great match with him. It's, it's pretty hard to have a bad match with uh, Mox. I do want to shout out, a shocking, shockingly little amount of blood in that Penta versus Mox match last week. That that had me shook to my core considering what a uh, how he made Tanahashi bleed, but, uh, <laughs> but Penta looked clean. His paint, his face paint wasn't even worn off at all. But Sean, did you have any thoughts about that match coming up? Oh, I mean, I, you can't not look forward to a, a Moxley match. That's just... Top tier. And yeah, it's kind of been a little bit since we got a little uh, TV time with Lee Moriarty. So good to see. I love love seeing that Tiger style. But I'm looking forward to the triple threat for the All-Atlantic title in Orange Cassidy, the champ, Phoenix, and Luchasaurus. Perfect kind of mashup of the, the big guy, Orange Cassidy, who can kind of do some crazy spots, and then Phoenix, who can do anything to anyone. And it looks fantastic. Uh, love, love for Phoenix to get that title, but... I'm sure it's just going to be a great uh, eye popping match. I uh, I like the idea that Orange Cassidy keeps in, like he's being a fighting champion, but having him be triple threat matches so he can just right. win off of like the other two yeah. getting each other tired and <laughs> beating each other up. It's <laughs> actually genius. <laughs> the ultimate idiot. Uh, my anticipation is. Uh, Hobbs versus Wardlow for the TNT title. I don't know exactly when this is going to happen, but they clearly they made it clear that that is the next step with these two. Uh, Hobbs yeah. even tweeted, "I've got gold around my neck now. I want it around my waist." Badass Ooh. line. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's Razor Ramon shit. Be, I love it. That's going to be a, uh, a fucking banger of a match, and I'd actually really love to see Hobbs come out with the win on that. Um, you know, he's kind, him and Starks have kind of disappeared over the last few weeks, so. It was, refreshing to see that uh, he's still around and they still have some plans for him. And it'll be a interesting, interesting to see the way that they go with that. My, my concern is I feel like whenever I'm excited about these two, like young stars coming and having a match like this, Tony always has the first match be some sort of a fuck match where it just doesn't even actually deliver on what it should, but I'm going to remain positive here. Chris. Yeah. So who do you think is going to be the ring of honor champion? That's going to go up against Jericho this week. Oh, because it's probably too soon. Um, well, Joe just got announced for him versus Brian Cage, right? So it won't yeah, be mm-hmm. him. Yep. I my first thought when they announced it the other day was uh, Jamie Noble. What's his name? Something Gibson, actually. I think, isn't it? Oh, Brian that. Gibson or? Oh, um, I just thought he was always Jamie. I don't know. No, yeah, his his he because he was a Ring of Honor champion. So I thought like maybe him or somebody somebody random like that. Maybe Nigel McGuinness. Uh, mm. It's not good. That's my fear. It's that son of a bitch, Taven. <laughs> oh my god, it'd be awesome. The disgusting fact that he was uh, a former champion, and then he and then he wins. Um, <laughs> moving on to a couple of the things that we uh, did not get to discuss in our normal segments: the Swerve and Billy Gunn uh, hand injury angle. Chris, what were your thoughts on it? Was that just me, or is that just like unnecessary, unnecessarily dark? Like I put that in my article. I was like, holy fuck. Like that, like the tone of that just went like really hardcore. Like I get like Swerve is like bad and he's the, you know, the nasty one of the team. But like, 
Jesus, that just seemed torture porny. And it just should be something silly. Like he can't scissor anymore. Like make it lighter. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's a way to make it a lighter, a lighter moment. GCW has announced as of today that they are now going to be in a two year partnership with Fight TV for their Fight Plus program. It's going to be $4.99 for all GCW content, all the fucking broken glass you can take, all the flaming tables you could take. Sean, I'm sorry for telling your parents this weekend that they probably breathed in some uh, toxic fumes <laughs> at the show that they're at with you. It's going to be a family um, trip to get some boosters. It's fine. But now, <laughs> but now they can watch it from the safety of their own home. I asked them, exactly. oh, will you have, I asked them, will you ever go again? And your dad gave a, the, fastest no that i've ever heard in my life <laughs> um uh, although your mom was very complimentary of the defy show that you went to with her back, oh, uh, back that, was day, so, that was a so so it sounds like she's open to wrestling shows just not quite gcw uh whereas uh your dad you might have you might have ruined any chance to go to another show with him um but i'm excited mm. about the fight tv uh deal i've never really used fight but for 4.99 i'm really excited about the opportunity to be able to watch the collective during WrestleMania week. We could start watching all of the blood sport events because they have a few a year. Um, and I think it can give us a chance to get together a little bit more and maybe uh baby more can get into the GCW world a little bit sooner than we would have anticipated. Oh yeah. I got to get him started on that at a very young age. Yeah. Make him feel yeah. comfortable with it. And yeah. Instead of so- watching, you know, Mickey Mouse, you can watch people the who are Nick Cage. The God of shit. Nick yeah. Cage cut someone open pizza cut and stuff. Uh, just that's good. He, hell of a deal. That's that's I, good. I for would the, rather uh, rest the elitist budget. I would rather have a, a kid watching Nick Cage matches than uh, Baby Shark twenty five times a day. So, uh, and then last thing is uh, CM Punk may be going Hollywood. So uh, the reporter that he went off on during the All Out uh, Scrum because he thought that he was still friends with. Uh, Colt Cabana has come out and said that Punk's camp has said he has zero interest in wrestling ever again and is now going to go Hollywood. My question is this, how long until he burns out all of those relationships? Do we give it a year? Two straight to DVD uh, sets. He he won't get a third. You know, I, I was a big proponent of him being uh, Casey Jones when they were first rebooting the Ninja right. Turtles. So uh, yeah, and if they do that now, because Seth Rogen's Ninja Turtles comes out uh, next August, I don't know what? if Casey Jones will be in that. Hell yeah. Um, but if CM Punk is, if CM Punk get, gets cast as Casey Jones in that and ruins the TM, TMNT for me, whew, I am going to write him a strongly worded tweet from our show account. Oh, man. Oh, Worse man. than Michael Bay. Worse than that. I mean, yeah. The Michael Bay ones, I... I at least knew those would suck when they happened. So right. it's not bringing in a cancer, but Chris, you sounded shocked that you didn't know that there's a new TMNT coming out. No idea. Oh, is yeah, it going to be Rogan like wrote it and directed it? Oh shit. Yeah. Um, okay. So is it it's like a, Muppet it's a cartoon. kind of style? Yeah. Oh, it's cartoons. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Cause that Let's was a little more boy. Yeah, awesome. Four of us, four, four turtles on our way. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's coming out on, it's actually coming out on Shock your wedding Leo. anniversary. Yeah. Oh, sweet Donnie. Donnie. Yeah, I'm Michelangelo, so it's we're good. Uh, oh, and then, perfect. then the little man will be, uh, will be Ralph. Will be Ralph. Ralph. So. Kids are assholes anyway, so Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, your your wedding anniversary, I believe it comes out on. So 
We'll uh, nice. see if Skip we that. can. Uh, yeah, let's start. Let's start coming oh up God, with excuses why you can thing. make that. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's better than a night off? So you can take the kid. We'll We'll have a three men and a baby. She can have the night off. I love that. <laughs> um, I actually do have one more bonus uh, piece that I forgot to share earlier. So here we go. Did you guys see the debut that happened in NXT last week? The Rock's daughter has officially oh. debuted. Oh. Um, I think the while it's always nice to open doors, I feel like one of the worst curses, especially in wrestling, really, it feels like is to be the child of a superstar, right? Because how do you even live up to who The Rock was? Do you guys think that we'll ever actually see his daughter become a star in the WWE? Um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I like to whispering that. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't mean to wish any bad will or have any bad thoughts on the yeah. Johnson this isn't family, even a statement on her. It's just it feels like there's going to be such unreal expectations for there's such a show. shadow to to overcome. Charlotte amazingly did it. I think I mean maybe not did it all the way, but she's definitely made her own in being Ric Flair's daughter. But I just don't think anyone can kind of compare to The Rock. I guess like from it's so meta though because that's what he had to do. Yeah, like, he was not originally welcomed. I mean, he was like a fart in church when he came out with his <laughs> initial gimmick. Like that shit was goofy. Yeah, and he treaded mm-hmm. water for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, even Roman Reigns. I mean, it's not yeah. directly, but it's that bloodline. You can't count that family. Shout out to the bloodline. Like it's kind of true. I acknowledge my tribal chief. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be tough. I think we'll get to see her, but I, it's just it feels like it's a, especially to to be doing developmental on TV the way that NXT is versus when, at least when Charlotte kind of first started, like there wasn't really a whole lot of exposure to her, so it let her go through all of the training and all you know be green with like tapings and stuff. So it'll be interesting, right? Um, but if there's anybody that can give somebody the work ethic to make it happen, it's it's the rock and his daughter. So our future we'll, uh, president. We'll see. Congrats to her. Yeah, on, could you uh, imagine like, her how could you slack off in front of him? Like what the, like that's like, how the fuck do you relax? If he's your dad, <laughs> like you right. can never like, yeah. I yeah. Imagine like over, <laughs> imagine like oversleeping like a 9am class in college and being like, his, Oh God, his kid. Um, well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for your continued listenership, your viewing of our website, wrestling for our latest match reviews and articles once again chris has his new article of mankind versus Shawn michaels from in your house mind games 1996 as he's trying to play mind games right now um, and doing some gesturing um, as well as his review of wwe primetime wrestling from 1987 uh, please continue to support the show by sharing it with your loved ones getting them to rate us five stars on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back with you next week rick rude hit the music nice Hit the music!